Yeah. Yo, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear is a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog um, Big up yourself and all the man them Yo, what's Run, going go on? Run, tell your friend, the wolf and owl just picked up in the fucking what? Hello um, Mate, that was amazing You really <laughs> lost I've ne- like, you, You've got this amazing way of like starting off like saying and, like, With such gumption and yeah, slowly just petering out, and it was that yeah. was well. That's are you t- that's an apt description of my career, I'd say. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Your career is beautiful, but mm. I can see with your MCing and your rapping. Would you ever release an album of like songs? Well, it's funny you say that, Tom, but um, I've actually I've got. <laughs> this is oh so man! Funny. So there's a rapper called Verb Two, right? Uh, from the Four Owls, who. Um, He's not from the four hours. Verb T existed before the four hours. But um, he's done a tune uh, on his latest album about being in your 40s. And there's a remix of it he's done. And I can exclusively reveal that I'm spitting a hot 16 on that track. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So hold up. Recorded it a couple of weeks ago. So do you think, would there be a chance you'd do Fire in a Booth with Charlie Sloth? No, because that requires sort of talent and ability. No, 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 but I you've just, got talent. I, sort of you... scrape, I scrape together a verse for See, this I think change. you're being harsh on yourself now. Uh, I think I'm being realistic, you no, know? No. Uh, I, I still think there's something in you that I'd love to just see do this. I'd l- I, I, think, I don't think your life will can be complete until you've had a run at fucking an album, an, a rocker hip-hop album. Yeah, I mean, that's my real dream. Do you know what I mean, this is the... No, no, I mean, but... I'm doing. I'm, do, I'm doing this because I have to. But like, actually, I, I've been very open about this. I'd rather be a rapper than this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just, it's the same with me in golf or football. But I can't do either of those things. I mean, go, listen, football I'll accept because I know football Mate, runs. No. Golf, you golf. You can't suddenly start claiming that you want to be a golfer. Oh no, 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 no. Not, not since young. But yeah, not like you. You have a legacy feeling with rap. I think there's a yeah. moment. I think there's a moment in your life. Like, I think you could be the real life Eight Mile. Yeah, if Eight Mile was a, a film about a guy and is sort of not even young enough to be in a midlife crisis, deciding that he wants to be a rapper. I actually arguably think that's a better film, by the way. Yeah, but do you know what it is? It's it, that's the difference between it being like an actual credible hip hop film and being something like the Full Monty. Not, not nothing against the Full Monty. <laughs> wow! No, no, listen, wow! Wow! Fucking Robert Carlyle, literally sitting there. Fucking listen, no, listen, listen absolutely. Listen, listen, You're, you listen. are eight mile Robert Carlyle, and everyone. No, I'm not. I'm not. Listen. You're fucking going in I, on no, the Apple Money gang. They're all sitting uh, no, there. I, no, I What's love going the form. No, but I love. Listen, I love the form Monty. The point I'm trying to make is like, you know, I, I, it would be like me trying to be some sort of novelty rap act, wouldn't it? Do you know I mean? Right no, no, no. I think it would be like that. This is how I'd pitch it. Yeah, is, you know, um, Elliot Buchanan is like basically a guy who's lost in his world, right? He gets divorced, you know. Um, what, what, what is your problem with giving me a character name that actually reflects my fucking ethnicity? Uh, no. Why am, I, why am I Elliot Buchanan in this? I was, like that Stuart, name. I was Stuart Williams in King Gary. No, I like that name, Elliot, Elliot Buchanan, Buchanan for you. Yeah, fine. Then cast a white guy. I just like that name. Yeah, fine. Because if you listen to the end of the fucking thing... Okay. The whole f- film is called Easy Elliot, right? Okay. This doesn't. It doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't. That's not a mic drop moment. Where you, oh, there's egg on my face. I didn't realise that's where you were going with this. Yeah, but also because other people think it's like, oh, there's a rapper coming down here. What's his name? Oh, everybody calls him Easy Elliot. <laughs> Sounds like Missy Elliot. Jesus Christ. No, it's a bit clunky at the moment because I haven't written it all properly. Yeah, sure, sure. And then yeah. like, you come in and you're like, um, uh, hi, uh, I'm Elliot Buchanan, uh, Easy Elliot. Um, any chance I can get on and do some rapping? And they're like, do some rapping. Who is this kid? And then you start spitting bars and it's fucking Yeah, but cool. if I'm spitting bars like that, it's not going to be fucking cool, is it? 
No, but your rap accent's like a really cool one. So suddenly voice. I don't have that. So I'm able to do a cool voice. But yeah. for some reason, I choose to talk with that sort of nasal voice. No, because that's... Is that what you're saying? No, because you can't put that voice, like a cool voice, on all the time. Yeah, I'll tell Why you not? what, it's a bit like, actually, Ron. Have you ever seen yeah. Little Voice with Jane Horrocks? No, I haven't, no. It's a beautiful film. Right. And that is kind of... Because she has this little squeaky voice that she can't say anything. And then out of nowhere, she'll sing, like, massive fucking show tunes. So it's like, it's basically like... And then probably I'm like this guy who's driving around fucking LA Boulevard in a Cadillac. And then I just, like drive past like, hey what the fuck is that and then i come walking out come walking into like so your, your old... speaking voice is cool yeah <laughs> yeah but no because yeah. what's, like... what's your name in this I don't fucking know. big dick mcgee or something isn't it? <laughs> no toby wykowski and like <laughs> toby wykowski <laughs> right and i'm like an up and coming like fucking quite a cool edgy sort of like music promoter but i yeah. haven't got my big fucking act yet no and i hear like, I imagine you... you've been up and coming for a while <laughs> Yeah, I'm like 52 now, since I was 23, mm. I'm playing above my age. And I'm in my Cadillac, I pull over, I'm like, who the fuck is that? And then I sort of like start walk, running up these stairs and like listening to all the doors of these apartments. Yeah. And I hear, and I think at first, is that Biggie or is it like fucking Snoop or one of the other cool ones, right? And then I get to this door, I burst through, and you're like, oh, bloody hell, I'll give you everything. And I'm like, was that you rapping? And you're like, yeah. And then from there, we basically work out that you've got this incredible gift. Okay, it's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, and then you can basically do all the different rap, big rappers, like you know, all the cool ones. What do you mean, do all the big rappers? Like your voice can, like you're sort of like. Not so a novel the whole, tech. sorry, my act is that I impersonate the big rappers. <laughs> you don't impersonate like that guy that did America's Got Talent recently. Yeah, a bit like actually, that could be like it's a bit like him, but you're like cooler and edgier. And then yeah, your do you album... see how? Do you see how? Do you see how much further and further away is getting from Eight Mile? Yeah. Yeah, but it's like you your album blows up and everyone's like, fucking hell, this guy's incredible. And like, then you just do like a track with Ed Sheeran. You, you keep, you, you, you Ed Sheeran keep, you, in the film with you. Yeah. And he's acting like you're I actually acting. quite... I, have you seen Yesterday? Yeah, I thought it was brought, brilliant, by the way. I thought Ed Sheeran was great in that. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was amazing. And then like mm. basically we get some of the other, your other music friends and they're in it as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and he's like, this, this fucking Elliot guy's the best. Like the trailer would be like, he was a guy with a dream. <laughs> For fuck's sake, why would anyone take a chance on me? Until one day, someone took a chance on him. I'm going to take a chance on you, man. Elliot Buchanan's life is about to change. Every time I stop and think. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, is. This is basically, this is, this is like a fucking five minute roast now. This. <laughs> no, it's not a roast. I'm saying it's a good idea for a film. I guarantee, mm. mate, that's something that people will go and watch. And when you, okay. and when people leave the cinema, are going, fucking hell, if he can do it, I bloody can. And everyone that's starts... That's what I want. Do you know what? Yeah. I, I remember, like, when I started doing stand-up, yeah. I was still a teacher. And, you know, like, when you first... Obviously, you're dying, dying, dying. And then I, f I first started getting to a point where I was actually doing well at gigs regularly. Yeah. And so I was doing a gig, and a guy that, I, that was working at the school I was working at came along to watch me. And I had a great gig for them. For now, I would yeah. be like looking back at that gig thinking, what a load of shit. But <clears throat> at the time, it was a great gig. And I walked off stage and I was chatting to him. And he goes, do you know what? Watching you, it's really made me think, I might have a go at stand-up comedy. I thought, brilliant. That is, that is, yeah, that is what I wanted that, from this. I've, I've had that exact feeling. Thing I, I, well. I've had, I, my dream is for people to watch me and go, if that fucking idiot... <laughs> Can manage to pull a decent gig out his ass. Yeah, but then I look, can definitely do it. Too. The Elliot Buchanan story is slightly different because it's fucking yeah, it's a it's like not a real story. It's a film, right? Yeah, like I know it's a film, but the, you've just literally said everyone's going to walk out going if he can do it. Yeah, I because do it. it's inspirational. Like the end of it is you basically like you're basically got really. When cool I went car. to watch Eight Mile, my takeaway from that wasn't I could be a rap. My takeaway from that is you have to be really talented to do this, and I absolutely don't have that. In my <laughs> yeah, life. but yeah, but also you know the other thing about Eight Mile which is interesting, which is the same about Easy Elliot, Apple, yeah, right, yeah, is that it? Might well, I'm not be... attached to the project yet, by the way. Just Mate, so you you're know. the lead character. I know, but yeah, but you don't go pitching it now. I've not agreed to be attacked. Well, fucking think okay. about it, but I can't, I've got nothing without you. The whole thing I've come out is structured with you around the, being the lead. Sure, but I'm not agreeing. My part, if I'm honest with you, Rob, this is just between me and you, my part could be played by George Clooney, Brad Pitt. It absolutely could be. It absolutely could be. And Your part is I'll be specific. I got a group. <laughs> right. 
but the point is, it's not. It's about like what Muhammad Ali said, right? When you do say, do it to the best of your ability, right? So whether it's boxing, rapping, or even like being a florist, do it to the best of your ability, and that in itself is the reward that you're looking for. And I think that's like the thing that we, when you're doing press, it's, it's for the film. so strange because it, basically what you've done is delivered a cluster of bullshit, but then within that is actually a gem of something that I subscribe to. It's yeah. incredibly frustrating to listen to. Yeah, but also the film could be fucking amazing. Like, it could Jim, be, but it's not, not going to happen. Like, so. I can even see, like, you know, like how James Bond, like the opening of James Bond with him with the gun, the opening of the Easy Elliot film is you moonwalking in and then you sort of turn around. Why would I be moonwalking? Do you know what? Everything about this, everything about this pitch screams of like somebody who's listened to, maybe listened to You Can't Touch This <laughs> once and has decided that this is a field that he wants to do a film in. Everything about this pitch document. Easy Elliot gets mistaken for Missy Elliot. He sounds like Snoop and Biggie are one of the other big ones, you, you also said. And then I, I moonwalk into the pre-titles. Is it, there's a good film about a guy pitching a hip-hop film that knows fucking nothing about the, the music or the culture at all. No, but... Uh, like, you I think be, that, could be, that could be your spin-off movie. You could do some of the heavy lifting with that, the, yeah. the hip-hop stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, think about it, you can meet all your heroes... Yeah, I, don't, I somehow don't think it's going to be as easy to get them involved as you seem to think it is. Mate, I guarantee it could be one of the best things. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, hero of mine, I'd like to take a big dump on the culture that you've based your career on. Is that okay? Are you, are you up for it? Are you up for being involved? How are you, Tom? I'm very I'm, worried about you. I'm very high on... Uh codeine and uh yeah it's gonna be very low it's gonna be very low energy podcast for a number of reasons one we're recording this at eight in the evening two tom's dosed up on painkillers i've not slept now for do you know i've literally slept for seven days probably Mm. and i went to see shout out tony and sally the dentist uh to find out my tooth is infected yeah you know what they've done they've put like clove in the wound now like a sort of clove thing. An actual clove? Yeah. Like a, it's like, like a sort of clove, almost like a, Jesus, a clove. Um, Are you okay? Yeah, I, know. I, thought, I think where I'm tripping a bit, I thought I was going to put my elbow on saying there was nothing I've there. got a question for you. After I had the, because we had identical surgery. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't unfortunate enough to have an infection as you were. No. Um, I uh, didn't eat solid food for three days afterwards. Now, my question to you is, you know the answer to this because you've spoken to someone today, haven't you? <laughs> I haven't spoken to you. You've spoken to Flo or someone, haven't you? You are, such a, you are such a fucking... Uh, you know what? I'm going to say this. Touche. Touche. Very well played. What, 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 what? This is like... This is, this is essentially... You have you know what my hand is. Flo's peeking over my shoulder. She knows what I'm, I've got. What? <laughs> so what did you do? So bearing in mind, you're supposed to be very, you're supposed to be incredibly careful about what you eat because it could get infected. What did you do? So I was on, I was basically on shakes for three days afterwards and like. Really? Did you do that? Yeah. And like yogurts and like soft stuff. Do you know what I mean? And then I sort of gra- gradually moved on to solid and hard food as was instructed. Uh, well, not just instructed verbally, but we were given a sheet, weren't we? Of, yeah. Uh, with instructions. On. So. Tell me how you, how did you follow the uh, instructions, Tom? What did you do? I went to Tom Gerridge's restaurant <laughs> and had a steak. <laughs> I sort of... <laughs> so, I sort, are you surprised it's infected? I mean, you rubbed a dead cow on it. Um, you, know I mean? <laughs> you know what? I don't think it was that that infected it, by the way. No, it, of course he wasn't. I think it was... It was like, you're like my friend that thought he got an STI from a hot tub. <laughs> I, I rigorous. I think it was a rigorous like amount of chewing that probably didn't help. But actually, no. it. I, I sort of went back to. I I didn't follow. I don't think I didn't adhere really enough to. Did that. you do the salt? Did you do the salt bath? Yeah, I did. But I did it. Okay, fine. I did it the evening off, and then called Sally the next day or the next morning, and then called Sally, and she said, "Oh, make sure you don't do the salt bath." Um, yeah, you're not supposed like, to do it straight away. Yeah, I'd done it that morning, so. Um, <laughs> I sort of think when it comes to stuff like reading sheets and things, I sort of was like, actually, I probably, you know what I should, wish I'd done? It's just got a full-time carer. Actually, I, I need to say one thing, actually. 
Yeah, Catherine has been amazing during all this. Yeah. She's been really, really like her. Uh, listen, you didn't need to tell me that. I, I, based on what you've been going through, I know she'll let that fucking woman will have she's, gone through hell and back. Oh, gone yeah, to yeah, hell and back, rather. <laughs> she's, it's not been easy to her. But, um, but um, yeah, she, she's been pretty, she's been incredible. She's actually, yeah. You know, like, you know, where you sometimes you just get a moment and you think, I'm, I'm very, very, for, for many reasons, but very, very blessed. She's been incredible. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, and now, and also, she is now making me the food I'm supposed to have, rather than me insisting on having. What are you having tonight? Uh, I just had some, like, some soup. Okay. But um, I, you know what? I actually, weirdly think that infected it is I had uh, a massive curry, and then halfway through the Indian, I thought, oh no, I shouldn't have been having rice because rice is. And then this is. Yeah, I mean, I, rice is like rice is one of the ultimate ones you're not supposed to have. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I'm totally said? Uh, I think it's fair to say Tony's very funny, right? She's got a sort of dry wit, I'd say. Mm. Tony um, said, uh, "Oh wow, you have um, you have been busy with your eating. I can see pretty much what your diet's been for the last week within the, my wound." <laughs> she had to open it up and suck a load of crap out of it that today. Is so disgusting! I know it's so grim, right? <laughs> I because all I've heard about is what a model patient you've been. Is that what they said? Yeah, you, they said that you were pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't say know, it's pretty amazing. But, I mean, I turned up there and I left. I mean, that, there's nothing yeah, amazing. Yeah, but you followed that. all of their rules. Well, I didn't eat, I didn't go I didn't go and eat a steak yeah, hours that's not, after having Yeah, a, but that's not within your culture anyway. Of like, fucking, you're not a meat eater, are you? My culture? <laughs> you're a vegan. Yeah, sure. But I could have had a cauliflower steak. That, that, what a fucking misnomer that is, by the way. <laughs> cauliflower steak. Oh, actually, you know what? I actually quite enjoy a cauliflower steak. Um, there also, can be can done I just say, well. by the way, how are the antibiotics and painkillers on your stomach? I mean, are you asking me if I've got the shits? Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, my, mine's been so like... Well, I wasn't eating very much, so sort of I wasn't providing a lot of ammo for the cannon, if you know what I mean. Well, I've, I've what, been... What provide, happened to you? Well, it's been up and down. It's like literally a lottery. When I leave been the up. house... Well, one day it's up and then it's down. It's like I'm either right. constipated or it's either all or nothing. Right. I mean, like, yeah, I'm essentially playing a game of fucking uh, poker. And Just I've got... Think of the game before you start the <laughs> sentence, yeah? But, That's no, all you've yeah, got to do. You've got to remember I'm half spaced yeah. out. I'm on a week okay. now of, like, no sleep, painkillers, yeah. and yeah. antibiotics. And I don't know yeah. which one's fucking with me the most. Yeah. By the way, while we talk about it, you went to the Hand and Flowers, Tom Carriage's yeah. place, right? Incredible. Unbelievable, yeah? yeah oh, amazing. my God. Amazing. Oh, and do you know what as well? His food's yeah. delicious. His staff yeah. are incredible. Mm. His staff. How did you get a booking there, by the way? I just booked it. All. I texted him, actually, because I know Tom a little bit. Yeah, cool. There you go. There we go. There yeah. we go. There's the money shot. And also, I live around the corner. I, I, I live around the corner from here. Do you know what? I do didn't you? Know you? Yeah. I'd love to take you there. Well, I've been. Come around to the house. You, yeah, you but, like Robin Romesh versus, don't you? We went on the show. Yeah, I know, yeah. But, I'm, yeah, but that's different, isn't it? Have you been to his no. other restaurants? No. Well, go to one of them. Okay. You can come around here, right? Yeah. Sit and chill, get your nice ice cold drink, talk about Easy Elliot. Um, mm. Lisa will crack some of her jokes and whatever, and we'll all make our way around there. Do you know, I, was, I believed everything you were saying about this evening happening until you said you can come around here, and that's when I knew. <laughs> that, that's I, when I knew it was we had We had a Davis team meeting, me, Grace, and Catherine all sat around, yeah. and we were looking very much forward to Reagan Nathan's coming. Yeah. Lil Grace, I've been showing her pictures of you and stuff. She's very excited about seeing you. To get her used to the idea of me. <laughs> She's excited. She loves it, mate. She loves the weakest link. Right, great. She's great. a really big fan of it. <clears throat> um, well, look, I've been worried about you, mate. I have actually. I you, you know what? Me. You've checked in every day and it's meant a lot. Yeah. This is, well, yeah. It's times like I this, I really I lean on you and I know that you're there. And that, that means a lot to me. Can I ask you how you, the rest, remainder of your holiday was? The remainder of the holiday was absolutely fantastic, actually. Any uh, more swimming debacles or? Oh, listen, I, 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 well, I've got something to report on that. So um, I did actually do a couple of videos, but when I watched the videos back, the emergence of me from the water, a la Daniel Craig, was so disgusting that I deleted <laughs> the videos immediately. But what I can tell you is, 
in the days following doing the podcast, I practiced my breaststroke in the right. hotel pool. Right. And I got the kids and Lisa to help with my technique. And then the day, the penultimate day of my holiday, I went out to the boy unaided and came wow. back. See, that and- again, you're, that's another good film. <laughs> <laughs> but all of these things are so inspirational. Yeah. Um, I think I'd actually like to do a book of inspirational stories together. And that would probably yeah. be in chapter four or five, I'd imagine. I don't think you need me for that book. I think you just need to transcribe all of the stuff you've been doing at the end of these podcasts. And you've got yourself a little, well, yeah, I, I was about to say bestseller. I say, let's say, let's call it a seller. But um, That's amazing. Though. That's incredible. You were mm. proud of yourself? Uh, I did have one point where Charlie uh, pointed to where I was going to have to be swimming. He said, it's not that far away. And it was just a bald bloke having a swim that he'd mistaken for a boy. <laughs> It's one of our things, you know, as bald guys, it's one of the things yeah. that we can Anyway, the, the holiday was great. Unfortunately, I was embroiled in the great air traffic fiasco. Yes, I know. Today. So you put up an Instagram, jumping straight on it. I wasn't um, jumping straight on it. I just literally posted a photo from the plane. We got yeah. on the plane. Actually, we were, we were the last people to get on the plane because... Oh, my God. Well... Swaggered onto an easy we jet. We didn't swagger on. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed this. They're starting to call the gates. A lot, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the the gap between the flight and the call in the gate is is getting bigger and bigger. There's an infl- there's hyperinflation, and so I've started so to you misjud- Yeah, so you've misjudged it a bit. Yeah, so we so the kids wanted Burger King. It Mate, said this is this the, is the, I I genuinely that's that should be the end of every holiday. Is that for, like last Burger King together? <laughs> I think it's a beautiful moment. I ge- genuinely do. I think so. The gate was open, but they asked for bur- the kids wanted Burger King, so we Can sat I just say down. Actually, for said, Burger King as well, right? And I know I've had my yeah. fallouts with them, and I've got my fucking yeah, you know, I've got nose to nose with them. Yeah, yeah, the so en- it's, it's a difficult relationship. I get it. The ingenuity and fucking genius of going look, we we haven't got it in us to go toe to toe McDonald's now. We haven't. We can't do that. But what we can do is make every time a family are going home, or a couple are going home, or a guy's going home on his own, or a lady's going. Home, Every time someone's going home from holiday, if we just target that market, we've got it. We've got those memories. Like, I, sometimes I, I'll taste a Whopper and go, fucking hell, I remember going home from Megaloof and having one of these. Yeah, I would, I would go along with that if it wasn't for the fact that, if I'd never seen a McDonald's at an airport before. Mate, where? There's hardly any McDonald's at airports. And there's like four at Gatwick. Yeah, but that's Gatwick. Gatwick's different. Is there? Would you, yeah. Yeah, but not, I'll tell you what, not foreign ones. What do you mean, not foreign ones? Not for, McDonald's don't, haven't got into the foreign McDonald's, yes, they've got the fucking, but having a McDonald's before you leave on a holiday, that's not really, I can't, I can never remember any food I've, like, on the day that I go on holiday because I'm about to have better food the whole time I'm there. When right. you're coming back, that's the genius of it. Okay. It's those so, small ones as well. The small so they've airport. managed to put themselves in locations that you're going to be when you're coming back from holiday. Okay. No, everyone is. Because I wasn't okay. with you on holiday, was I? No, you weren't. You weren't. So um, anyway, we finished our Burger King. Then we looked at the screen and it said gate closing uh, or final call or something. Right. So we went over to the gate and then um, there, was a, there was passport control before you get to the actual gate, which was unfortunate. Right. Um, so there was another queue. At which point, I've got to be honest, the kids started to blame me almost exclusively for the predicament that we found ourselves in, even though I hadn't had any Burger King. Lisa, um, they have Burger King? No. Uh, just no, the just the kids. Although they didn't do, it's weird, they didn't do chicken nuggets, but they did do plant-based nuggets. So I got plant-based nuggets, which is a horrible name yeah. uh, for all the kids. And uh, Alex was appalled by plant-based nuggets he, he wouldn't have it so i ended up eating his so we, we were in the queue for passport control he, i was eating the nuggets on the move because i just thought cool. that's a cool thing to do get a wiggler gives Quite you a bit of an edge yeah got onto the plane sat down and uh then they said and i assume the initial announcement happened before we got on the plane because the guy goes well because of this uk problem i don't know when we're going to go and then I Googled it and discovered there was an air traffic control problem that, as reported to most people, it seems, by Gabby Logan's Twitter. Yeah, but uh, then you're like coming off the back of Gabby Logan. You're sort of like Gabby Logan. coming off the back of Gabby Logan. I just posted a photo. <laughs> yeah, no, but what, yeah. What, but... what I would say is the descent in the plane 
Were you so, kept on the plane, by the way? Or were you allowed back in the airport? Four hours were on the plane for four Jesus. and a half hours. And then they said, they weren't getting any information either. So then they said, um, right, we're going to see. They kept, the way the captain kept delivering the information was like, the way he ordered the words was unfortunate, I would say. And I don't want to be too harsh because the geezer wasn't English, right? But he kept saying, guys, in 10 or 15, 10 to, between 10 and 15 minutes, now if, if somebody says in 10 to 15 minutes, I immediately think we're leaving. He said yeah, in yeah, 10 yeah. to 15 minutes, we should uh, be getting an update on what's going on. I just thought, okay, this is fucking insane. And then they said, right, we're going to get off the plane. So we all get up and then he comes on again and he goes, um, immigration have said it's too much hassle for you to get off the plane, so we're going to stay on the plane. Then we sit down. Then another announcement two minutes later, oh, we've had another update, you're getting off the plane. And I looked out the window. I didn't look out the window. Alex looked out the window and he said they're unloading the luggage, which I took to be a bad sign. We get on to, get to the airport, everybody's booking hotels. And I'm like, oh, no. And th Okay, this is the question to you. If you're at an airport, what happens in those situations? If the flight's delayed, do they find you a hotel or you've got to find one yourself? What happens? Don't you remember this happened to me coming back from Spain like, at Christmas last year? So what did you do? Well, we got put in hotels and then I had that awful situation where I couldn't, like basically, they I was I, I let I thought it was a, doing the thing to be done was you let families, couples, women on their own all go first, and like yeah. men, men traveling on their own were like I essentially thought that was how it was done. You know, adults were the last. But anyway, it, it was a free for all. I was the last person to the air, uh, the hotel that the airport uh, the fl uh, <clears throat> flight company arranged, and I was the only person who didn't get. I didn't get a proper room and I ended up with that fucking nutter who just sat with me chatting to me. In the oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fucking home um, I had a massage, by the way, while I was on holiday. Oh, really? And so, wait, there, did you get off the plane and then did you get a hotel or did you not? Oh, sorry. So, we went into the airport and they said it was looking touch and go. And there's loads of people booking hotels. A guy that was on a, I, I thought he was on the same flight, but he was on a different flight sat down and he goes, there's no way we're going anywhere tonight. So can I cancel all my work appointments for tomorrow? And I was like, fuck. And then um, uh, Gareth Malone was on the same plane as me. What, is he the guy with the choir? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. N nice guy. Um, Actually, you know what? It would have been quite, did he sing or anything? Or? No, he didn't sing. No. But he, he, he could have uh, told some jokes. He could have sung. It could have been like, sort of like. Well, after I posted that photo, a few people replied to the post saying, I'm on the plane. Can you do some jokes? Oh, really? Which I didn't do. I did think there were other comedians that would have sort of grabbed the mic and gone, okay, guys, um, we find ourselves in... <laughs> JT, can you beep out that name, please? Please, um, JT, if you could. Yeah. Um, there'd, be, there was, there'd be some comedians that would go up and go, right, guys, uh, well, look, uh, we find ourselves in a bit of a, a situation here. And, uh, you know, if I can do a little bit to kind of ease the journey, uh, I'll do my best. It's a tough crowd, though, What is the deal with airplane food uh, or whatever? <laughs> and then you've got the, um, the captain basically interjecting just sort of like with false information or information yeah. that's really, you know. Well, Gareth Malone, that could have been amazing. If That, could, again, would have been incredible if he'd basically got a whole choir of people to sing yeah. on the plane. Like, yeah, yeah, it would have been made for a nice TikTok. Uh, a really nice thing happened. A couple came up to me, whose names I don't remember, so apologies for that, who told me that they uh, were doing IVF. And on the second round of IVF, she got told to go home and watch something like that she found funny to release endorphins. And she watched my special. And she, oh, she, wow. she, uh, And then they were successful. So she said, the way they opened the story was... Um, I mean, there's a bit of an embarrassing bit to this. But anyway, the way she opened the story is, we're pregnant because of you. And then oh. she they tell me this story. But the, the thing that was embarrassing is I was trying to be funny. So the guy goes to me, oh, we've got a bit of a funny story for you. And then I just went, I'll be the judge of that. Oh, like, no. In, I know. Who have you become? I know, I know. And then they tell me this really sweet story. And then I just thought, oh, fucking hell. I'm yeah. the referee of funny stories. Yeah, I'm afraid I, I hope I do. I, I do. I hope I do get a hotel. At least when the kids will be in the room, I'll just be in the bathroom looking in the mirror, just like, "What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs>
Anyway, about an hour after that, oh, mate, it was kicking off, though. They gave us vouchers for food. Right. And, like, people were fucking having a go at the staff in there because... It, it, it does become quite hard for mate, the staff, it was, I think, it, it, got a bit, it got a bit funky. I, I would say what I realised from that situation... Also, what I would say was unfortunate is having just watched Hijack. Oh, my God. Because, have you watched all of Hijack, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about this, have we? No. Well, we have talked about... I think, well, we have talked about... I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or not, but Neil Maskell... Oh, Unbelievable God. in that show. Incredible. He's so obviously so... obviously Idris is great, but Neil Mascot is He makes the show, right? He, he is, is phenomenal. Unbelievable. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. I, I, yeah, but even though I wasn't in a hijack situation, the way that people started getting restless, it had that same vibe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It had that kind of same energy. When when I was in that situation, you, you it's it's quite quick to sort of see who when people start blaming, because what I noticed is people have a go at steward and stewardesses, and yeah, then when the captain it, would come out, they got in the neck a little bit. A couple but then of the times. captain would come out, and they'd all be quite nice to the captain. Mm. It was almost like the punching down, and people. It was quite an interesting way of sort of seeing how people would react in a really sort of yeah. When we, when we got back, when we got back on the plane, they said we're going to try and get away as quickly as possible now, so if everyone can sit down, and get your seatbelts on. So everyone did that. And as we were going up to taxi onto the runway, a woman got up with her kid and walks down the middle of the thing to the toilet. And as she was doing that, the tannoy, the host was going on the tannoy, um, we're ready to take off. We're ready to take off. Please be seated. Please be seated. And this woman was like carrying the baby like it was a live grenade to the toilet. Oh, wow. And then she, and one of the staff came over there. I think there was a bit of a, not a kickoff, but like it was a bit, it got a bit heated. Then she came and sat down and then we're on the runway for another 40 minutes after that. And I thought to myself, if it becomes apparent that we missed the window because that woman took a kid to the toilet, I don't know what's going to happen on this plane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to say our kids were so well, I mean, it helped that they got screens. They got iPads and phones or whatever. Did you, did it, can you charge them? No, that was the thing. That was the thing I was slightly concerned about. Cause I thought once this runs out, I'm going to have to actually parent these kids. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I played. I, I was trying to get them to ration their battery power. And, what playing on spy and stuff? Or? I, I played about. I would say rough estimate, a hundred games of Thumb War. Oh, really? You know I mean, yeah. I mean, it was, it was brutal there, man. But um, <laughs> and then when we got to when we got to when we got to Gatwick, I mean. The fucking elation I felt when we got back on the plane and took off. It was like going on another holiday. How long's the flight? Four hours? Three, yeah, just over three hours, actually. But they, they made up the time. It was much quicker than three hours. Yeah, which is, that's the thing that really frustrates me, because I actually think everyone's adding time onto flights. I reckon you can actually probably get to fucking America in about four hours. I think you're probably correct, Tom. I think they're just doing it for shits and giggles. I think you're yeah. absolutely right. I, I've been on so many flights now, but like, oh, actually, we're going to make up the time. You think, how the fuck are you making up an hour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, they do. and listen, you'd know better than anyone else involved. So, yeah, it makes <laughs> sense. So about this massage, what happened? Well, Lisa and I got a massage each. Couples massage? No, back to back. Not as in not physically back to back, as in she had hers first and then I went straight right. in after. And um, the woman came close, I would say, to straddling me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like my vibes. No, it wasn't like she didn't ride me like a horse. But I was sort of. First of all, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I find awkward about a massage. Yeah. The one-use pants that I had to wear. Did you? Did you, did you have no, to do this? No, no. How many massages have you been to? You? I never put those on. Well, what? What did you do? What'd mate, you do that's that, mate. I, I love you to death, mate. But you fucking fallen for the first fucking rig there. Sorry, sorry. I'm talking to a guy that got sexually assaulted during a massage. Yeah? No, you uh, never put those pants. You ha- right? Did you have pants or knickers on anyway? Right? I had pa- I had pants and knickers on. You know how I roll. <laughs> oh, right. No, I had a pair of pants on. Yeah. Yeah, those pants are more than adequate. They're not fucking special pants that you put on, like superhero pants. The pants. So that why they give do they, you- hold on? But there must be a reason they give you pants, though. In case you're not wearing pants. What? But dude, they can't. They can't. That must happen so rarely. He's turning up without pants to a massage. Mate, where where were you when the massage happened? And I didn't mean to look away. Like, well, 
I'm trying to be a genius, but where were you when the... What do you mean, where was I when the massage happened? Where were you? Where, no, where, why are you looking where, away? Why do you keep looking away? Because it's. I don't want to give anything away. Okay. The, what do you mean, right. where was I? No, so whereabouts? Tell, where, like, where, where were you? Were you at the hotel? There was a spa at the hotel. Right, and what was in the spa? They had like a sauna, steam room, like all that shit. And the so stuff when, when the you're spa. going in the sauna and the steam room and the swimming pool, what are you wearing? Uh, well, I didn't use any of that stuff when I went for the massage. I just wandered over for the massage. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is usually people are in their swimming trunks. Right. Right? So when people go in with their swimming trunks on, they, some people don't want to wear their swimming trunks in the massage situation. You don't okay, wear fine. Unless you're a weirdo, you don't wear pants underneath your Yeah, but she didn't, say, she didn't say to me, okay, but if that's the situation, wouldn't she say, if you don't have pants of your own on, we've got these pants? She no, didn't no, say no. that. She they said, don't, I don't put think... on these pants. Yeah, but I genuinely think that they do it so they can, it's like they get some amusement. What, what, that's why they do So, sorry, what's amusing about saying to somebody, can you put these pants on, and then leaving the room, waiting for you to put them on, and then coming back? What's Because well, you How leave many the... times, what I want to know is how many times is that hilarious? <laughs> probably like not many people do it. I'd probably say like 12% of people who like go for massages put those pants on. I don't think anyone else does. What's wrong with putting those pants on? Mate, Lisa because... put those pants on. Are you joking? I'm hoping that she changed them between massages. I mean, it was pretty much immediate. <laughs> no disrespect to Lisa. Did, it, did, they, did they come in a little plastic bag? No, they were loose. <laughs> they were Lisa's old ones. Oh, no. They, do you know, they had like a little, um, you know, like a little tape around them. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah I, I can't imagine Lisa putting the tape around them afterwards. No. Like, I'd say genuinely, man, never do that. Like, always just wear your own pants or knickers. Like I'd I'd love to get I'd love to get not that I don't trust you I'd love to get some other input into this. Have you so, ever been naked during a massage? Yeah, well, I was changing into the pants. I was naked. <laughs> no, 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 no. During, but like during no. A massage. No, 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 good. No. What do you mean? Just, no, I'm yeah, just saying. No. I haven't either. But I'm just saying. She 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 pulled my pants. So it was a head, shoulder, back. Yeah. It was like a back, top to bottom, but only the backside. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamstrings, so glutes. Said, oh, no, not glutes. Yeah. Hamstrings, calves. Yeah, yeah, there was a bit of glute. Anyway, yeah. so she said to me, lie on your front or whatever, cover yourself with this towel, Yeah, and then I'll come back in. So I put the single-use pants on. Yeah. I lay face down on the bed. She, I covered myself with the towel as best I could. And then I lay there and wait. She knocked on the door, comes back in, puts some, the music on, and then um, starts massaging me. Right. Um, she tucked when she was doing my back. She sort of pulled the pants down quite low on my arse, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then tucked the towel into them, right? Yeah. And then the 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 back massage. She had these long strokes that went from like the top of my shoulders, and I was surprised by how how low that stroke went to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, yeah, like, yeah. It was right the way. It was like it was halfway down my actual arse. I would say. Yeah, That's I find normal. that I find yeah, that is normal. But I find that the worst, okay. the most awkward thing. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I found that awkward. The other because, thing that she did was she because you got yeah, have you go got on, on hairy have you got a hairy ass? We've talked about it. Have you? It's not very hairy, no. But there's mm. hair there. Yeah, yeah. I always think like, you know, when you're mowing the lawn, and you've yeah. got like a long straight lawn, and you've got sort of a raised bit. That's what my ass is like. I can never be bothered to sort of push the mower too far uphill. That's a little bit like what my back and my ass is like. What, what, like hold on, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like my ass is hair, like what's hair, a, hair, yeah, hairier what's than my back. What's a mower got to do with it? Like, you know, do you mow your lawn, right? Yeah. So your lawn's, your lawn's pretty flat from what I can remember. Yeah. Mine's got like bits up, bits down. So I always do like a flat top right. and then I don't usually mow the hill, hilly bits as much. You just leave my, it. It's more well, essentially what I'm trying to say to you is my arse is hairier than my back. So when that happens, okay. I find it very like... Well, there's the way that you say that in future, okay? <laughs> well, I probably won't have this conversation with anyone else. No, no. Because that's how but, it goes, yeah. Um, so, I find that so, bit really, really, like, yeah. awkward. The other, thing, the other thing that I found weird was she did like... She was, it was very high pressure, by the way. Like, yeah. it was deep. Did you, right? did you wince? A couple of times I did. I've got to be honest. I they like that, though. They like that. She massaged my forearm so hard that it actually made my fingers bend like a poseable toy. Has that ever really? happened to you? No. Yeah, like 
she went down my forearm and then my fingers, without me doing it, just curled up. She, and did then she clicked she your fingers? It. Yeah. She oh, I fucking love that feeling. Um, but then when she went to do, she sort of went to the, the bottom end of the bed. Right. And she was sort of doing these like, like sort of like clawy kind of like, it was nice. She was like really squeezing. What was your calves? On, on my, it started on my calves and it worked all the way up my body to my shoulders. But she stayed in the same position. So as she moved up my body, she had to clamber onto the onto the actual bed. So I felt a kind of knee between my legs, and then, jeez, like she was on all fours at one point on above me. This is as bad as what happened to me. And it was like fucking... no, because no, because she wasn't riding me. Do you know what I mean? She was like positioned above me. There was, there was very little contact. Apart from her hand. Was she chatty, by the way? No, not in the slightest. But oh. what I then discovered was that um, she was quite chatty with Lisa, which then made me spiral into a fear that I was sort of, came across as some sort of pervert when she didn't want to talk to me. Because like, when she was chatting to Lisa, they were having all sorts of chat. She showed her that she gave her a tour of the facility. Really? She was like, yeah. And then like, my massage was shorter than Lisa's, even though we paid for the same thing. And on, not only was not only was I finished sooner than Lisa, I'd also spent a few minutes eating some dried apricots and drinking a glass of water afterwards as a bit of a chill out post massage. So you, I I just don't think she liked me very much. Yeah, I've I've been in that massage situation where you mm. feel like you're like more of a hindrance than anything else. Like yeah, I felt like I, I don't know what I'd done, but there was something about me that. Do you know what? I, and I'd love to take you actually because I think it's something we could bond over. You know, I've been going to a place in London called Stretch Lab. Fucking right. unreal. It's a game changer. Yeah. Okay. I'd love what to take it? you. When are you in London next? Uh, tomorrow. The stretch lab is incredible, mm. man. It will blow your mind. They stretch Yeah, you what out. is it? They stretch you out. It's like genuinely like... Like a rack? Walk. No, no, no. They, they, they push your body into places that you wouldn't be able to. It's what made phenomenal. you go there in the first place? Cause, just because I felt tight all the time. And since I've been going, I feel fl- far more flexible. Really? But, yeah. It genuinely I want to is. get more flexible. So what, can you like, when you pick something up off the ground, do you crouch now rather than bend over? I can do both. It's like I'm wow. amb- ambidextrous when it comes to bending now. No. Getting stuff for the floor. What? That's, <laughs> ambidextrous means you can use both hands. No, it means you can use two or something, right? Hmm. It does. It I means don't... you can do things in different ways. No, that's not, that's not ambidextrous. Let's. I'm going to look at the definition up because as always, I'm, I'm now dating myself. Ambidextrous meaning, able to use the right and left hands equally well. Or it's the same as being able to bend or crouch. That's not what it says. Well, yeah, but it's the same thing. It's not a word for that. It says right and left hands equally well. Yeah, but it's not a word for being able to bend and crouch. Okay, is there a word for bend and crouch? Flexible. There we go. Well, yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about anyway. But, uh, yeah, I'll I'll treat you. (laughs) We get so aggy for Oh, no, I'm going to treat you to it. We'll go together. Okay, great. Because then we, we do it in the same room. So we, I'm not going to tell you how much it costs, but it's my treat. Did you know, then, can I take, well, can I take you somewhere then? Can I take you to Face Gym? Oh, I'd love oh, that, yeah. God, it's unbelievable. Really? They, like, give you, like, a little face massage. They use some weird implements and it, like, oh, mate. Take so why you're looking it. so young? No. I mean, well, first of all, I, I wouldn't say I'm looking. In fact, I would say one of the things that I spiralled about on holiday is how old I'm looking these days. No, you don't look old. You look good. But, you know, it's, it's sad, isn't it? The, the people that you love, you don't believe anything they say. Lisa was saying to me, you look great, you look great. And it's just, it doesn't matter how many times she says that. I'm never going to believe it. It's, uh, well, I, it's, I think uh, you look amazing as well. So. Well, thanks, Tom. That's very Two people that absolutely adore you saying it. Should we have a look at some emails? Let's do it, my baby. Once again, thanks to the... What do we think about it? This has been a very low-energy episode, hasn't it? I think it's been all right. I think it's been okay. cool. Uh, I mean, okay. I JT thanks will be the judge of it, but yeah. Thanks once again to the Swan uh, for choosing the emails. I would say that she did point out to me that I didn't thank her last week. I feel like the only reason she said that is to remind me that she doesn't listen to it, even though I got in the car the other day and she had the Parenting Hell podcast on. Again. again. Oh, wow. Again. It's like she's fucking with you with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is from the flamboyant cuttlefish and the manatee. 
Dear Wolf Allen Swan, today I conquered my motorway driving anxiety and ventured all of eight miles down the M23 from Caterham to the Owl's hometown of Crawley. The reason for the visit, a roam around B&M with my partner, our virgin B&M experience, the one that left us needing your advice. After collecting several random items for purchase, we stumbled across a rather nice light shade and headed towards the tills where we met a store assistant who fancied himself as a bit of a joker. That's just Crawley through and through. His first move was to say, oh, you've brought me a hat. We squeezed the faux chuckle out and carried on loading. Do you work at B&M and Crawley? Just out of interest. <laughs> I like the sound of this guy. <laughs> I knew you would. His first move was to say, oh, you've brought me a hat. We squeezed a faux chuckle out and carried on loading the conveyor belt, but he wasn't done there. His next move was to take the light shade, place it on his greasy head, ruffle it around a little, and then call over his, to his co-worker, Sharon, Sharon, look at me. <laughs> Our instant internal reaction was that we no longer wanted to buy the light shade. But in typical British fashion, we kept quiet and swiftly handed over our money. We're not usually ones to judge, but it's worth pointing out that the guy didn't like he was a regular washer. Oh, God. Oh, God. And we found the whole experience quite disgusting. <laughs> two questions that we'd love to hear from you. One, what should we have done? And two, what would you have done? I feel like those questions are going to have similar answers. Cheers in advance, you sweet, sweet souls. Never stop doing what you do. The flamboyant cuttlefish and the manatee. Tommy. Uh, look. First of all, how offensive do you think this is? Bearing in mind, I, I imagine this is a trick that you would absolutely have up your sleeve anytime anyone brought over a light shade if you're working at B&M. If I was working at, look, I number one, I think you've got to admire this person, this guy who's working at the counter, because he's keeping spirits up. It's exactly yeah. what we're talking about with the Easy Elliot film, right? Yeah. It's someone who, no, I'm just saying, he's yeah. like, that's a tough job, man. Have you, have you been to a B&M? Yes, I have, yeah. B&M, some, like, some, the way that the staff get spoken to and treated sometimes can be yeah, abysmal. Yeah. It can Especially be in the Crawley branch, I imagine it's horrendous. Right. Oh, what you've got here is you've got a guy who doesn't, he, he, he's remiss of that. He comes in every time and he tries to put a smile on your face. Look, do I think it's a bit grotty and gross him putting the light shade on his head if he's not washing his hair? Yeah, of course it is. But actually, mm. the, the truth of what his very spirit and his kin is, is that he's trying to be as fun as he can. He wants to make that shopping trip memorable. He's no different from Burger King at the airport. What he's doing is next time, when you go home from there, what you've what, what got is a story. Do you know how many times people go to the shops and you go, oh, I went to the shops the other day and brought some stuff. All right, anything interesting happened at the cashiers? Not really, just paid. What they've got is a story for, that, for the ages there. And everyone's probably got a story about this wacky character. And he probably goes home, if I'm honest with you, and no one ever thanks him or puts an arm on his shoulder. It reminds me a bit, you know. Why would they thank him? He's ruining stuff as, he's, as people are buying it. <laughs> no, but it reminds me a little bit, you know, like at the end of The Office where David Brent is saying yeah. about, oh, you know, hopefully one day I'll see David Brent and then go, oh, I must remember to thank him. This guy gets no thanks. He gets no laughter. Mm. He leaves probably every day. He goes, goes home and he has, you know, some discounted items that he's brought, you know, he's got just so being them stay in business sort of sits, up, sits with his family and they're like, oh, good day today, John. And he's like, no, you know what? I tried my hardest. I try to put a smile on people's faces. And, you know, he doesn't get a pat on the back. You know, it's, he's, he's... Is this your, can I just ask, is this your real take on this? Yeah, genuinely. Okay. I think, right. I think look, I, you know what? At my local supermarket, there's a, a woman who works there who's mm. so chatty, so right. chatty. And I actually, I, I notice people sigh when they, like, they've got to Does go she to take her. the bread rolls and then put them on her chest and go look at me back? <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't do any no. physical stuff. She's a okay. gagsmith. All right. Right. She's not like a prop comic like this guy, right? Yeah. But what she is, is like she's quite a lot of, like, she's got a lot of personality. But okay. I'm like, what, what, what do people want from life? If, if, like, not everyone, we're very fortunate we do this for a job. Right, a lot of people have have sides of them where they they want to entertain and want to have a bit of laugh and they want to sort of spread a bit of goodwill. And look, this is it misjudged. Look, I don't agree with using people's things that they're buying for your own. I, I don't like prop comedy anyway. Never as a fan of Carrot Top. I, I think Christ. it. Okay. I think this guy's probably better than that. But he, I, don't, I think it probably came from a good place. Um. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Well, I. I I disagree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think that it's fair enough that we should give people a break. That B and M is a difficult job. Most retail jobs are difficult, so I do think my inclination is always to give people a, a bit of slack when it comes to these situations. What I would say is, is there's a couple of red flags here for me. Uh, one is that 
you're tampering with somebody's goods that they're buying. Uh, two is that he had a, a clue that this joke wasn't worth continuing with when he said, oh, you've, I see you've brought me a hat. And they sort of did a little sort of shitty chuckle. The, the signal for that should be, okay, that's the end of that bit. As you and I know, when you're on stage, yeah. if you're trying out a new idea and you say something and it gets nothing, that is a signal. It didn't get nothing, Robert. She got a small chuckle. A fake chuckle, Tom. Okay? Yeah, but right, right, right. If, you, that if is, you're a performer, you should be able to analyse that. Yeah, go, yeah, that's fine. But he's not a performer, is he? Okay, fine. So he's, let, he's the poor, okay, bless, fine, his, fine. bless him, bless him. He's probably like, fucking oh, wow, something back. I've done this bloody trick ten times today. No one's given me yeah. anything. All right, but Tom, this is the major crime. Right. Okay. He's not even doing it for them. Okay. He's doing it for the amusement of his colleague, Sharon. All right. Because he doesn't play the joke out to them. He looks across to Sharon, who he's probably got some sort of crush on, I imagine, and goes, Sharon, Sharon, look at me. And the, you know the person who I feel the most sorry for is Sharon, right? Because all she's doing, she also works at B&M. She's trying to get on with her day. And what she has to deal with is some guy that she works with every single shift that constantly is looking across to her doing shitty jokes like this, trying to get her approval, okay? What he's done is he's ruined a lampshade and he's also ruined Sharon's. Another example of why Sharon's <laughs> shifts, her eight-hour shifts feel like 16 hours is because of this guy. And you know what, Tom? Let's extrapolate this. That can't be the first time he's done that. I imagine he's doing it with everything in B&M. He's got some sort of physical joke. They've come up with a spatula. Oh, look at my tie. Oh, look. Oh, no, maybe it's a flute. Do, 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 do. You know what? She's, Bob, she's got a problem with that all I'm day. I'm really, really honest here because that, that yeah. is the nature of this podcast. Yeah. There is a, a lot of me, right, that sits here and it's, everything you say is right, but I can't look past the point that that is me. <laughs> I can't. I can't sit here. I can't sit here. And as you are saying, all of these things, these are very wolf-like Tom Davis traits. Apart from the not yeah. washing, I'd say that that's the only thing I could throw in the mix is my, I'm clean. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But aside that, the thinking that, it, you know, being like thinking, oh, this is potentially a way of someone finding me attractive. Yeah. By being silly. Yeah, no, listen, <laughs> listen. And you'll see how unsurprised I am at, at that revelation, which you sort of built up to as if it was going to be some sort of shocking announcement. But yeah, do you know who course. you are? You're Sharon, essentially. Our whole relationship is, I mean, I'm yeah, imagining... We are, guy. we are, we, we don't know the name of this guy. We are Light Shade and Sharon. But you know what? It's like we could easily find them. We could go to B&M and Crawley. Yeah. I, I, you know what would be amazing is if you filmed yourself going there tomorrow and see if you buy something. It would not just be amazing, it would be absolutely unbelievable <laughs> because there's no fucking way in a million years I'm going to do that. Look, I, 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 there's a part of me that on the side of... us having a joke there's also probably a very real side that he's I, I look at my life and I've been like that and I'm doing things like that it's often because mm. I'm, I'm not feeling necessarily happy or I'm trying no, I, I do I do recognise and, and I've got to be honest with you it, it's one of these rare stories where I feel sorry for everybody involved yeah okay I feel sorry for him because he's trying to put on a show despite the social cues indicating that he should just stop I feel sorry for the couple who are watching a lampshade base essentially be greased and then had to take home a, a light shade that looked like a kebab wrapper. And I also feel sorry for Sharon for having to... The only person I have no sympathy for is B&M because they've actually yeah. just... They're, they're on our podcast and they've got free publicity now and they've sold a lampshade and I'm guessing some other stuff. And also, I, I like B&M. I think it's a brilliant store. Yeah. Having said all of that, what we haven't done is actually answer their questions. What would you have done in that situation? Um, probably laughed. I'd have probably done. I can't. Yeah. I'd, what would you have done about? What would you have done about the actual light what, shade? Well, the light. Well, I, I can't. Yeah, I, I, I'm very. I'd have taken it as well. I think I would. Have, I, do you know what Catherine would have said something? I mean, if I was with mm. Catherine, Catherine would have done something. It, sound, it sounds like it sounds like they're really disgusted by it. So. Yeah, but I think if they're that I, I if they're that disgusted, they should have said something. But then, 
Yeah, but, you, but Tom, they shouldn't have said something. Based on your own advice, this guy's just trying to do something funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, what I'm saying is they're obviously really upset and disgusted and now they've got a lampshade that they can't use. And I imagine as well, they're decent people, so they don't want to go back and make the complaint and say, oh, look, this is... Well, that's what that's what I, I think. They go back and they go when he's not working and they make up a different excuse for returning the lampshade. Yes, yeah. To be fair, that's that's probably the best advice that I've heard on this podcast. That's the best advice you've heard on this whole podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, because someone... that's the, that that what I just said is the best advice you've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> no, no, I think that's a really clever bit of advice. Okay, just say that then. It, it doesn't. Everything doesn't have to be the best that you've ever heard. Okay. I'm being light shade now. I mean, I'm being a lamp shade. Yeah, yeah, you really are. Okay, should we do one more? Let's do one more, my friend. Oh, thank you, by the way, to the the flambot cuts fish and the manatee. Uh, this is from. Oh wow, this is quite a mad one. This one. This is from the secret meat eater. Wow. Hi guys, massive fan of the pod. It's quite late to the game, but have binged all the episodes over the last few months to catch up. Thank you for your laughs and lexicology lessons. There's, this is more of a confession than a question, as I can't tell anyone I know without serious ramifications in my life. Ten years ago, I went on a first date with a beautiful girl, eager to impress her and pretty much letting do my penis do all the thinking for me. When she told me she was a vegan during dinner, I almost instinctively told her I was as well. I didn't think it would be much of an issue, but unfortunately for me, we both fell in love with each other and got married a few years later. Jesus, wow. <laughs> Here's where it gets complicated. <laughs> I'm still a big meat eater. As far as my friends, family and work colleagues are concerned, I'm a vegan. But whenever I'm alone, I still enjoy eating meat on a regular basis. I'm not even sure why I keep eating meat. Nine out of ten meals I eat during the week are vegan and are delicious. And with all the vegan meat alternatives, I don't necessarily think I'm missing out on meat. But there is something that always pulls me back to meat whenever I get the chance. Luckily for me, my wife works away for long periods of time. So I can gorge myself on meat when she's not in. But I know one day this will catch up on me. Maybe it's the thrill of being caught that keeps me going. I have twins who are two and I go for a walk with them. I eat a chocolate bar, I have a bacon bat. Soon they'll be coherent enough to snitch on me so my days are numbered. If my wife were to catch me eating meat or dairy, she'd be devastated. Oh my God. Wow. And she's a massive, massive animal rights activist and I'm going behind her back. I know what I'm doing is wrong and I'm making steps to correct it by slowly weaning myself off meat and dairy as I don't want to be found out as a fraud. My question to you two is, have you ever lied to a girlfriend or friend only for you to bite it on the arse in the future? My Jeez. God. I mean, forget the question. That is fucking mad, right? That's insane. This, that's not at all what I thought that was going to happen, by the way. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Well, I just thought it was like, oh, it's a funny first date story and he, he ate a vegan meal. That's mad that he's now got children. I, I, <laughs> can I just say, if somebody has a story at that level of calibre, can you not bother emailing Uh, anyway, go on. <laughs> so you thought it was going to be a story about a guy in a picture? I, in a past relationship, I went through a time when I was pretending to lose weight and right. saying that I was sort of like, not. I'd given up junk food and I'd given up mm. eating like shit. And... At the time, like I had, like uh, we had a bank account together, me and this uh, woman. So I basically got a credit card out and had my own credit card that I'd used to go and get McDonald's and Burger King. What? So she wouldn't know that you're getting that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she wouldn't know oh that my I was. God. So and I got so like I, even to the point where your I, statements I, for that card must have looked absolutely insane. Yeah, they were because that's all I used it for. So if right. I'd go out and I'd just, and even when I didn't want that sort of shit in my life, I'd, I'd still, I can see where this, this person's coming from. It was a thing of going out and going, I'd, I could, I'd almost couldn't walk, walk past like a KFC or I'd have yeah. the card would be almost stroking my leg and I'd go, oh, I need to just go and get some yeah. hot wings. 
and I, I was actually putting on weight rather than losing because it became such a fucking thing of like going in and like the thrill of going in and getting some shit to eat. Yeah. But I would say it was horrible when I got in a situation where I had to basically sort of confess that I got into debt through fucking oh God. <laughs> through through this secret fucking it was remember egg well, how cards. much were you having? Mate, I was like at least once a day, twice a day sometimes having okay. shit. Yeah. Like like on the way to work I'd have a McDonald's breakfast on the way home I'd have a fucking Burger King. It got, it mm. got to the point where it was it was almost like so you don't was, know about you didn't know about cash points at that time, no? No, 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 no. But we had a joint account, so they'd be like, "Oh, well, oh we, sorry, and, sorry, sorry." So no, I wouldn't. I, I wasn't. I've, in not, situ- I've not listened to that. I've not listened to this. So story I wasn't in this, and also, I was. I was in a situation where we didn't have a lot of money. Right. So okay. Things right. like so I, I'm the real prick in that inquiry. That's my. Yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. Don't worry. I, I, I was waiting for you to fucking put in your size twelves. Um, <laughs> I yeah. So and we didn't have much money. So if I was spending like fucking five pounds a day on shit. It would go, you know, twenty five pound a week, you know, because weekends it was really hard to get out and get some fucking because mm. we'd spend those together. Yeah. So it's essentially like, yeah. I, I, do you remember those egg cards that you used to get? Yeah, I do. You? But yeah, it's one of those, and I, I ended up getting quite a lot of debt through it. Uh, um, this is a very sad story. And then having to come clean. And so my my point being to this person is, I was, and I'd say that actually what you've done is you like it's incredible that you you're eating nine out of ten of your meals of it vegan anyway and shout out vegan food and it's incredible and you know sort of grace and catherine both don't eat meat really so i'm more leaning that way but um, you know i still go out and have meat when i can like a steak when i'm not supposed to whatever but um my point being is for your wife and i, I imagine that your children are vegans is is actually it's going to be pretty crushing when she does find that out, and it is something that you've said and said and said. I, I think it's probably if you can curbing it sooner rather than later. Yeah, because actually, I, I, think, I don't think yeah. I think there's a world where you're almost trying to get caught. Yeah, and I, I think it's a dangerous route. Vegan. That yeah, you need to become vegan, mate. I, I, I don't see another way out of this, do you? I mean, like. What do you do? You save lives for all this time. Fucking yeah, hell, man. That's not cool. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a hard one. But um, in answer to your question about how I've done this, um, this isn't the same thing, but I, I was going out with a girl at uni and uh, I discovered, I, I put on weight while we were going out together, quite a bit of weight, I'd say like three to four stone, just from like drinking and eating at uni and stuff like that. And unbeknownst to me, she found it absolutely disgusting that I put on weight. And and so little things were happening that I thought were just coincidences, but it turns out it had been engineered by her. So basically, like, she was telling friends of mine to take me to the gym and to, like, get me into exercise and to get me to eat healthier and stuff like that. So I thought that it was just, like, an organic thing that was happening, that friends were being concerned, but it turns out that, like, she'd sort of kind of given them a nudge and in fact, I started going to the gym with one of her mates. Turns out her mate said, I can get Ramesh fit. I, I can get him to lose the weight. And that's well, why this is, this is This is a horrible story. I know, I know, I know. It's like but, gaslighting. But, yeah. And then, and so I didn't know any of this at the time, but I found out later on that she'd sort of found it horrible that I'd been putting on weight. And then one of the other things that I did, this makes the story even more horrible. I used to go for a job with one, we all lived together at this student accommodation. And me and one of the guys used to go for a run. Actually, it turns out it ends up this. She she ended up sort of cheating on me with this guy. But God almighty, oh fucking hell! That's that's an aside. We used she, to go what for do you mean run. that's an aside? This is fucking one of the most tragic stories I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, but but we used to go for a I run. I actually genuinely feel like crying. I don't know if it's well, a drug. This is horrible. <laughs> it's really sad. Anyway, we used to go for a run, and on the way back from the run, we would stop at a shop and buy an entire box, a massive box of, you know, the Gillian Belgian chocolate shells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd eat those between the shop and getting back to the house. Can I say, Every... as a cheat, they're awful, those things. What do you mean? I hate those. As a treat? Yeah, you hate, hate them? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I mean, I can't have them now. For, yeah, for, for fucking, we've got a fucking mad scar. In front. Also, what a piece of shit this guy you're going to be jogging with. 
Because all the time he's probably taking you jogging and saying, oh, what shit. I bet he, any money, I bet he was going back to her and going, oh, fucking, he had more of those fucking chocolates on the way oh, back. God. I didn't think about that until you just said it. He says, well, like, I, never knew, I, I never knew it happened. He admitted to me years later. Would you still speak to him? Occasionally I do, yeah. But but what happened was is that we were out for dinner years later and um, he said to me, there's something I've got to tell you. And then he told me. He, he didn't Jeez. tell me about the chocolate shells. So he told me about that. Yeah, anyway, this well, has got a lot darker than I hoped it would do. Oh, fucking, um, I've got to follow this with a fucking sum up and I feel like fucking absolute, I feel like literally getting a, waking Grace up, getting a car to Crawley to give you a hug. Oh, thanks, mate. What? Well, yeah, well... Don't do that. It's really sad into the. Yeah, I, need to go, I, need to go, I need to go and speak to Lisa. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Lisa's gonna. Lisa's gonna. Lisa's upstairs. She's just gonna wonder why I've come upstairs, like all sad, going. You loved me, didn't you? And what would happen if I put on weight? You'd still love me, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Did, did Kevin tell you about the chocolate shells? Yeah. <laughs> just can I can I just ask a question? I know I'm vegan, but can we just buy a massive box of chocolate shells and eat them together? Is that all right? <laughs> oh I just need to God. get past it. That's so fucking crazy. Mm, yeah, um, very sad. Yeah, anyhow. Very sad. Anyway. Well, um, well um, okay. Um, life is confusing. <laughs> it can be a barrage of facts, sometimes fiction. It can be subject matters that you know about and things that you don't. Sometimes you can feel like you're caught up in a tornado of moments and mysteries and everything seems quite confusing. But sometimes in life, the sky is clear and the things that you see are there and almost more apparent than ever before. There doesn't seem anything in the way of the things that you need most or you require to touch and to feel. They're the moments that we should all look for. And in that, they're the people we should look for. Sometimes it's easy just to think, actually, it's quite exciting to stand waiting for the rain or for the thunder or for a tidal wave, a tsunami of problems to come along. And the people that become the chilled and sort of more relaxed harbours in which we must keep our ships sometimes may seem not as exciting. But the truth of the matter is every bit is exciting. Every bit is needed. Rough seas cause stories. Calm seas cause crossings. Don't look crossings as anything but a safer way to get to where you need to be. That is absolutely <laughs> wonderful, Tom. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Really, really. I genuinely really had no idea what I was going to say because I still genuinely no. actually want to. You're really I upset about it, aren't you? Yeah, because I think it was a dog shit thing to do. Well, don't feel sad, mate. I'm all well, right. you know what? I There's a part of me that feels sad, but there's also a part of me that looks at you with even more admiration than I ever have, knowing that the man I look at here was created by tougher moments. And he became you, a strong soul. Thanks, mate. <laughs> that really, that's really nice. You've done sort of a double up there. Yeah, um, uh, now, listen, I, when I was on holiday, I was listening to a lot of Afrobeats. And I want to choose a song by somebody that Tom and I both love very dearly. And that is Burner Boy. And we're going to play, uh, I think this is his latest single, taken off the album I Told Them, which has come out very recently. This is Big Seven by Burner Boy. JT, could you drop it, please? Boom. Guys, we will see you next time. Take care of yourselves and each other. This is me, the owl. And, and me, the wolf. Saying, we love you. God bless. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.